We're back, Empires of the Future, talking about the church in a time of change. It's a time of change for sure. I guess I wanted to say, to start with, there's a lot of really important things going on. And um, the thing we're going to talk about uh, today is uh, certainly not at the top of all the important things going on with humanity, but our lives uh, will resume uh, as somewhat normal sometime, uh, I hope, in the next, you know, six months, yeah, <laughs> year, so. uh, we hope. And so we're going to talk about something today that is, I know, something both of us enjoy, uh, not just movies, uh, but movie theaters. Yeah. There's this article, uh, what about movie theaters is uh, kind of the big question today. And at theatlantic.com, what's this article about, Matt? Uh, well, when you were saying that, you know, obviously this is not as uh, big of an issue as, say, COVID or the Supreme Court or the election or Black Lives Matter or wearing masks or not wearing masks, things like this. But what's interesting about movies, as we talked about sports a while back, this is a, a, an escape into mm-hmm. a... Uh, a world that is imaginative. Right. Uh, I know you are uh, big into sci-fi, yep. and there's a reason because it's a world. Let's see, Star Trek is a world that projects a future world yeah. that seems a lot better than our current world. Mm-hmm. So there's something to that. It gives us a little sense of of hope, uh, a, a sense of oh, maybe we're moving to this pretend, partic- particular future. So movies are they they're they're helpful as a way of community a way of talking about something that, yeah, it's small scale, but it's stuff that brings us joy and something that okay. we enjoy talking about and yeah. things that get people excited. That's why it's big moneymaker, right? People want to go see uh, Christopher Nolan movie, right? Because yep. people like Christopher Nolan. They like his bizarre movies and a world that is, is very philosophical and makes yes. you think and stuff and people like that. And uh, um, and so that does have an effect on, on how we – engage some of these issues you know how we engage with one another um if if we continue to have less things that we can talk about that are that aren't divisive just things think we just want to talk about because we enjoyed it or we thought it was interesting or we thought it was impactful we made us laugh made us cry made us surprised or scared Mm -hmm. uh this is these are helpful things to kind of Use as processing mechanism. Absolutely. Right? I mean, um, you and I just had lunch, and we talked. I don't think we ever talked about uh, the movie A Few Good Men before, nope. but found out that we both really, really enjoy mm-hmm. that movie. Um, and so we talked about how you can learn a lot about people by watching a good movie. Oh yeah, uh, so. and so there's value in it, but it's just frankly so enjoyable to sit there and watch characters take actions and, and things play out in a certain way and you don't exactly know how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that, that first experience is of one kind, but like all good stories, they have layers and then watching the, the story again, thinking about maybe a different angle, uh, makes it very uh, interesting and fruitful maybe to watch a movie again. And so certainly I would say that's a movie that's worth uh, another watching. A few good men, yeah. Uh, written by Aaron Sorgan. And uh, who actually has a new movie coming out on Netflix? Really? About um, uh, I don't know much about the story in the sense that it's about the um, I guess there was a during the 1968 uh, riots in Chicago during the Democratic National Convention. Okay. 
uh, and about the court case that surrounded it. Uh, I guess it's like uh, the Chicago Seven or the Chicago something, something like that is the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote the screenplay a while back, and Spielberg was supposed to direct it, but then uh, never really happened uh, for whatever reason. And so Sorkin ended up writing and directing it. Oh. And it's going to be on Netflix, I think, in October. All right. So there you go. Um, but anywho, uh, so the, the article, um, I, it was interesting. I mean, we talk a lot about movies and stuff. And I find this issue issue interesting because it is um, a change, a revolutionary change. And those are always interesting to kind of catch because we're in an age now. We weren't part of the space age. We've talked a lot about that. Yep. But we're, not, we're part of an age that could see a massive shift in movies. Yeah. And this is kind of what's going on here. So basically, the, the, the article's about Tenet, the newest uh, Christopher Nolan movie. Right. That has um, kind of been un- underwhelming in the box office in the United States. It's done fairly well internationally, but it hasn't made a lot of money in the United States. And right. it was really the kind of the, I would say, the, the, test, the test experiment about are people going to go back to the theaters, right. right? You've got a Christopher Nolan movie. Christopher Nolan movies always make a good amount of money. People like them. Um, these are always like and, – and what is his movies about? It's all about the experience in the theater, right? IMAX. Sure. He was one of the first ones, I think, that shot some of his movies with IMAX cameras. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to experience his movies is to go to the IMAX and watch like – I think Dark Knight was – shot in it with an IMAX camera. Yeah. Same with Dark Knight Rising. I think the same with um, Interstellar and uh, Inception. Mm-hmm. They all, he used IMAX cameras for different shots and things. And so the best, if you want to write, watch it properly, I guess, yeah. I've seen IMAX. Well, this, I think his movies are all about the theater. Mm-hmm. And Tenet was one of the big first movies that was released during covid I think, I guess, in the late parts of the summer, right? And obviously people just didn't go to the theaters. So, and that's uh, interesting. So they, they made a bet. Like the, the title of this um, article is Hollywood's Tenet Experiment Failed. And it's by David Sims at TheAtlantic.com. And it, it in particular failed in the United States. Uh, and, and, and we should admit that they really wanted to make a lot of money in the United States. We are sure. big on movies here, yeah. and they counted on a lot of money. It did well around the world. Uh, so, $207 million globally, right. $30 million, less than $30 million in the United States. Right, and, and that's the big issue. Is right. Globally, they were fine with the numbers. That's right. what they needed, and that's what they expected. The, the kind of gambit, the, the, the bet that they made was, Let's release this Christopher Nolan movie. There are very few sure things in Hollywood, in an industry that really wants sure things. And a Christopher Nolan movie is one of the few sure things of our, yeah. uh, of kind of the current time. Especially a non-comic book movie, right? Right, right. And, um, and so they really wanted uh, – it's, it's one of these strange kind of things. They wanted to push people back into the theaters. Yeah. And basically people said, nah, not so much. Nah, not so much. Uh, the current circumstances in the United States – um, a lot of things you could say about w- how people are assessing going to a movie theater, uh, sitting there, mask or not, or is it worth it? I, you know, this is all in the context. I mean, six months or a year ago, you and I could have had a long discussion about, is the movie theater going to be the medium in five years no, before COVID? Yeah. Um, because movie theaters have been struggling. 
It's a large building uh, mm-hmm. staffed by a fair amount of people in a, in a situation where, um, you know, you and I in particular have lived through the time where, I mean, when I was a kid, my grandparents, uh, I, I played video games on a CRT TV that, uh, what would you say? That's, uh, I mean, an, an 18 inches diagonally across, you know, uh, black and white. I can, I, you know, and, and admittedly, you know, my, my family was not wealthy at all. And then my grandparents did get a big old CRT console TV that yeah. was in the living room. But look, you're not playing video games on that TV, okay? No, 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 yeah, no That's no. when Papa comes home from work. He's going to put on Wheel of Fortune, and then he's going to watch whatever he feels like watching. Right. You're going to be lucky to get the right. the little eighteen oh, yeah. inch black and white. Okay, oh, yeah, I remember those days. And going through the t- to think about now, I mean, I laugh at people who are like, "Oh, I had this fifty five inch, but it was too small. I needed a sixty five or a seventy inch right. in my living room." I'm like a seventy inch TV in your living room? <laughs> I've seen your living room; it's very small. Very small. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so our living room space have become movie theaters to a degree and so one thing to be said is that just as say in ancient greece uh the theater itself where uh stage plays would take place was their medium of storytelling and just as the novel in the uh, 1800s was the medium for storytelling in a lot of places our medium in this culture for storytelling is movies but there's a big question whether will that medium continue to play out in theaters or is it really all moving to homes? Right. And in America at this moment, the answer here is it's going to homes. It is not yeah. going to theaters. I guess, you know, I don't know what the, I mean, I guess you can look this up. Uh, how many movies per year do people will go to the theaters and watch? Right? Sure. So, so someone like myself, I'm not as big of a Marvel fan, but here's the deal though. I saw the Black Panther mm-hmm. in, the, in the theater. Mm-hmm. I saw Infinity War in the theater. Mm-hmm. I saw um, Endgame in the theater. Mm-hmm. I've seen, <clears throat> I think, all three Iron Man movies in the theater. I, so, I mean, Did you watch the Star Wars movies in the theater? I saw them all in the theater. See? Okay. I saw all the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies except the Beyond mm-hmm. in the theater. Uh, I've seen every James current modern James Bond yeah, movie, which, I, mm-hmm. which is one that's popped up because it, it, it's a new Daniel Craig Bond movie that's been made, but it hasn't been released yet because right. of COVID, and they keep moving the date back as in November. Right. But I would go see the Bond, new Bond movie in theater. That's just kind of the mm-hmm. – there are a few movies that I will go to the theater. I've seen – I saw the Harry Potter, even the new Harry Potter movies, the ones, the uh, – um, the uh, the creatures ones. Uh, oh, sure, the it, fantastic fantastic piece. Yeah, I saw both of those in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are a few, and I've seen just about every tenant. I mean, every Christopher Nolan movie. Yep. Um, in the theater, uh, there are a few movies that I do want to see in the theater. Uh, right. I remember I saw nineteen eighty four. I'm sorry, um, uh, nineteen uh, nineteen seventeen. Yeah, nineteen seventeen. That World War One movie. Mm-hmm. Really great. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more in the theater than I yep. did at home. Yep. Um, so I think I think there's almost a uh, there are a few movies that I think are just worth watching in the theater. I mean, the sound is better. The the picture is better. Sure. There's an experience that you cannot you cannot manipulate or or create at home. Right. Um, and so um, so I, I would be disappointed if you can't go to the newest Marvel movie even in the theater because right. I think it's just better. And I don't think you can do that at home. Right. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how people, how afraid people are to sit in an inside room with a bunch of people they don't know right. with the pandemic. I mean, 
is 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 this COVID pandemic worth uh, destroying the movie theater experience? I I think that's a little bit too far. Well, I mean, in in that regard, as hard as this is to think about, and I know that if this is your livelihood, that sure. this is way oversimplified, but I think that they were too early releasing this, any big Probably. budget movie, Probably. and that the bet was not a sound bet from the standpoint of if you really need this many people uh, to show up at your movie theater during these difficult Right. Times, to make it profitable, then you just made a bad bet. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's so. not a good time when already. I mean, let's 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 make the plot a little thicker. Um, not only do people have large TVs in their homes. I mean, I have. I'm sure you do. I have a friend who, in his home, it's it's somewhere near an eighty thousand dollar home theater. <laughs> it's crazy. He built. Yeah. When he built a new house. He had this built. And listen. Like he has like a movie theater type like room. Yeah. Is that kind? Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, I've it's been to, isolated. Uh, yeah. There's it's called Clean Power. Right. It is themed. Yeah. yeah it's I've a, seen. It's some actually movies. a Star Wars theme that okay. he has going he has on there. Special chairs that he yes. has in there. Yeah. And and when people have um, this degree of interest in having their own experience at home, um, this it's just a signifier of how the technology has kind of eluded the movie theaters in, sure. in a sense that. People can approximate that experience in their home, right? And um, and 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 the other thing that we have to say is that as movie theaters in the past, say, 10, 15, 20 years, have begun to lose power, I would say most people can say that they began to notice that the price has increased. Sure. Yeah. And as a result, I mean, as you were talking about the movies you've seen in the last few years, it really solidified what I was beginning to think. Most of us, our experience of a movie theater is, I will go for movies that are a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's their business model. Right. Uh, they want, they, the reason they're having, you know, eight screens, 12 screens, 16 screens. Movies. is Yeah. So you're not just going to see the big budget movie. So right. you can see a bunch of different movies. And I don't think that's happening. And I don't think right. it's been happening for a while. Right. Uh, which. And of course, production companies like your Warner Brothers, even Disney. Um, Columbia and all these other uh, big uh, Paramount, I guess, um, these big um, companies that are producing movies. There's a new there. There are new players. You have Apple, you have Amazon, and you have Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have HBO Max, I guess, is making its own independent stuff. And so, and so Netflix will what? They, I think the big one was The Irishman, right? Mm-hmm. The the Martin Scorsese film. That um, you know that they that Netflix financed the movie, they released it in the theaters for like a few weeks, and then it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, but so for a movie like that, are you really going to go to the movie theater? Even though Martin Scorsese is saying, "Oh no, no, go see in the theater. Don't watch it on your phone. It's made for the theater." Mm-hmm. Do you think people are really going to? They're going to wait two weeks and they're going to watch it uh, online. Same with like I know, I know Disney had Mulan, Mulan that came mm-hmm. out and the. In the spring, of course, they delayed and delayed, and ended up deciding to just go ahead and just release it on Disney Plus. But you have to pay twenty bucks, nineteen ninety nine. Who's going to pay that? Aren't you just going to wait until it's available for free for uh, during your Disney Plus subscription and not pay nineteen ninety nine to expect. watch a movie? Yeah, I mean, which is actually since you can watch the animated one right now on Disney Plus. Well, and 
there's a certain demographic that you basically, I mean, my experience is that, um, especially, uh, especially I know having talked to a lot of my friends that men are funny with hobbies, that if it's a man's main hobby, you'll drop a fair amount of oh, money. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. It. And, um, I have some friends who movies are their main hobby. It's this by movies are certainly something I enjoy, but not at all my main right, hobby. Right, yeah. So I would never, yeah. I, I don't know what it would take for me to drop $20 at my own home to have the movie now right. when I could, you know. Now I'll say this. I, w- I, I would have been a, one of the people that would have gone to see Tenet in the theater. I'd go see it right now if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just haven't done it. Just haven't sure. had the time and, uh, that type of thing. So I could have been. I'm. I'm. The, I'm a customer who would typically go see sure. the newest Nolan movie, yeah. which is Tenet, and I would probably go see it and enjoy it. And I even. I think I even mentioned to my wife, "Hey, I think Tenet's out. We should go see it. I'd like to go see it." So sure. I obviously I didn't go, um, but uh, uh, and I, I guess I, I, you know, I haven't because I'm so used to the theater not being open. Mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about making that work. You know. Yep. Um, and so that I think that has impacted my thinking on theaters, but I think the 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 real issue I think is is what does Disney do going forward because they have invested in big tent movies yep. which cost millions mm-hmm. upon millions of dollars to produce, and if theaters are like a dying breed, well then what's next? Um, does app does um, Disney just go ahead and just start? getting into the theater banking business and run their own theaters. Do they buy these, they, they, they buy out AMC or these other theater companies and start making them exclusively Disney theaters where you can see, I don't know, 10 selected Disney movies and a few new releases, whatever the business model they decide. But it'll be interesting to see like, does movie theaters die in its current uh, condition or does, Companies like Amazon and Apple and, and Disney who have a lot of money, do they just cut out the middleman? So yeah, I would say um, this is a similar situation to what I see happening with a lot of retail. Uh, is that I really think what's going to happen is a whole lot of the retail sector is going to um, die off. Mm-hmm. And people will have to live in a world where you want to buy a pair of shoes, but you want to try them on. Guess what? Can't happen. Can't happen. No. You, there's nowhere in town that has them. Yeah. Um, as as a guy, I mean, w- one thing I can tell you that's funny that I have done this with is I have uh, bought quite a few musical instruments in my day. Sure. But for a while, the most economical thing to do is to go to a music store, try something out, Dingo. and then buy it online. Right. Well, listen, it's going to be a changed world when you've not tried something out. And you want to buy it, and then you get it, and you go, well, I now have to return this, but I might have to like send off for a different pair of shoes that I haven't tried on, and you're going to get tired of that. Right. And then I think we'll have this moment of, you know, I think I do appreciate retail spaces. But, man, I'll tell you, this is even thinner ice for a movie theater where, honestly, uh, there, aren't, there aren't economy movie theaters uh, in the sense of, you know, look, I could – I could see a business model for movie theaters running only the big movies and cutting staff, cutting the size of the buildings. I mean, look, these movie theaters right now are enormous uh, and expensive. And the movie theaters that I'm envisioning uh, are not are not feasible 
economically, it's just too too high cost. Because mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you're you're heating and cooling all that space. You're maintaining this. I mean, as as both of us who are in ministry know about the cost of maintaining a large building. Oh yeah, it's very expensive. It is expensive, and uh, you don't think about this as somebody uh, who just visits uh, and then leaves after two hours. Well, look, you have to take care of that space 24-7, yeah. Yeah. 365 days a year. Right. And believe me, just when you don't want an air conditioning unit, an HVAC unit to go out, it will go out. Go out yeah. And you go, oh, this is weird. I don't have $30,000 to buy a new unit to to heat and cool an enormous space. Right. Uh, well, you also sorry. It's a lot bigger than ours. You have a lot, yeah, you've got a big fellowship area, right. a uh, family, um, you know, what do you call it? Yeah, the Christian Life Center. Yeah, yes. yeah, Christian Life Center. And so... Um, and movie theaters are really big buildings and, right. and, you know, I know that especially Showtown East as, you know, they're the theater in Evansville that has the IMAX theater, right? Yeah. So you can go see the IMAX. They also have like this, you can tell like over the last few years how investing in making the experience even more significant. Like they have like restaurants, right? You can have yeah. food and you can have yeah. like this dinner theater type mentality. I know that they have that somewhat at Showtime, Show, Showtime East, um, but uh, you, I mean, but you can just if you can manipulate, you can create a, a space at home that has got a you know seventy five eighty inch screen. You can get blue, uh, you can get uh, HD or um, Blu ray, whatever yep. high quality it is. You can get sound and all yep. this different stuff. You can have your own dinner, your own drinks, and everything. You don't have to spend as much money on the popcorn and stuff. It is very tempting, mm-hmm. um, and I think if again the movie theaters are always a part of the distribution of the content. Obviously, Disney's and all these other companies, if they can cut out that middleman and just give it to you directly, that seems like a, a good thing. Um, but will people, like, will families make the decision, hey, we're going to watch the new um, Pixar movie. Let's pay 20 bucks. Well, Is that, that going to happen? Because that's a huge change of thinking financially go, yeah. ooh, 20 bucks. I don't know. Right. Let's just put in an old movie or something like that. And, that and, and that is um, that is a very challenging question. But now, now on that, um, I do think that business model will change. Uh, so, so let's examine this this possibility that movie theaters do go away. Which honestly, I don't like to make predictions too often, but it's not looking very good. No. Uh, we have this probably somewhere around six month period. Uh, maybe three minimum, where mostly people are going to be told, "Hey, keep your masks on. Don't don't go too many places." Right. Um, Let's do like cities like New York, LA, right. big marketplaces. Yeah. Uh, and theaters are not positioned well. Theaters are are uh, have spent their backup money in the past few years. They have not had. Uh, they're not like banks, who right. banks batten down the hatches and are doing just fine, as far as I understand, through COVID. Right. Movie theaters do not have a lot of uh, a, a lot of money in their checking account to just go, oh, sure, we can pay our employees and we can keep all our contracts up. Uh, but the business model that I see coming for a lot of the entertainment industry is similar to um, anybody who's into video games uh, has heard of Steam. Are you familiar with Steam at all? I think I have, yeah. So Steam is uh, a service that uh, it's it's digital. So you download games. Uh, you don't like you're talking about cut out the middleman. That is what Steam is about. Um, but it's basically all about buying in bulk. So people who are really into Steam are constantly buying 
bundles. Uh, so they'll sell you a bundle of, say, 10 games gotcha. for $10. Gotcha. Dollar game. And what you get in there is a lot of high-quality content. And the service basically is saying to you, here's the deal. There is no cost of production beyond the content itself. There's no packaging. There's no media. There's no CDs anymore. It's just about, we paid some people to make this game. There are assets. There's a lot of bits and bytes that we're transferring to you. But look, bits and bytes, they don't cost us a whole lot. And, uh, And so you get it at an economy rate. And Steam, Steam continues. Uh, it's funny, video games is a much younger industry than, say, movie theaters and things, mm-hmm. but there are still players, huge players in the video game industry who have said, we'd rather not adjust to that model. And every year that they have dug in their heels, it's like, well, Steam's winning. So oh, yeah. you can, you know, just like these titans that we've seen for years, you know, go CBS who says, like, no, we're not going to change. It's like, well, you don't have to change, but you can die, you man. Can die. <laughs> I right. mean, there's your two options. Yeah, that's right. Death uh, or change. Old, old media, we've watched them kind of go, yeah, we don't we don't want to change. Maybe we'll just change a little bit. And it's kind of like, well, now you took a year to change a little bit, yeah. and you're a year further behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that, I think, is one model of, of what is going to happen go forward. And so the idea for a movie theater, or I'm sorry, for idea for a movie and a production company trying to sell a movie is, well, listen, you could sell the new Bond movie at a very low rate, a very low price. Sure. But... Uh, and and I know that's scary for a big budget movie, but are you ready to adjust to the idea of selling the movie to a whole bunch of people at a dramatically reduced price point? Or are you going to stick to your guns and say nope? Yeah. We will we will happily just charge our twenty dollar price point or whatever it is and be uh, be uh, content with the numbers that we've been getting. Um, the day is coming that. Those are, those are some hard decisions. Yeah, yeah. But these current circumstances have accelerated yeah. what was already a trend. Right. So, you, so when you have what you had was you had movies became more expensive to make, right? As the as the audience demanded bigger explosions, mm. bigger special effects, movies got more expensive, right? And due to that fact, production companies decided to, with that being a trend decided to make a few movies with big budgets and but in, in actuality make less movies. Mm-hmm. And so the movie theaters had less movies to showcase, right? Sure. Um, so now now that if theaters die and the place that or you have a big Bond movie, is that going to change the way you make that movie? Are you going to be able to spend $200, $250 million mm-hmm. on the new Bond movie or the new right. Lord of the Rings, whatever movie you're going to make? Can you spend that much money now knowing you're not going to be able to maybe make a billion dollars in a movie theater system where people may even go see the movie multiple times and pay nine, ten bucks a pop? Right. And so, like, what does it change the movie making process altogether? Where now movies say, all right, you have a new, you have a new Marvel movie, you're like, well, we're going to low budget this thing and we're going to spend, you know, we may not be able to spend, uh, pay. Robert Downey Jr. X amount of dollars. We're going to have to get somebody else. Yeah. You know, does it make the movie less appealing? Does it make the movie quality go below? Like, right. what's gonna, what's yeah. gonna go if the, if the, if the if the if people are like, well, I'm not going to spend 
$30 to watch like pay-per-view movie, a pay-per-view like boxing match, whatever the hell those cost, and have all my friends over to watch the movie because we're all going to chip in together and watch it together. If people don't do that, it has to therefore mean that the movie quality goes down. Right. That the actors cannot get the same amount of money they're used to getting. There's just like a huge shift in the whole and in, in the industry altogether. It's true. But one thing to say at this point is um, every business model in America seems to have this wild idea that guys, every year we're going to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of the mindset. And and we only have one percent growth. Oh my goodness, what happened? And that's un, untenable. I mean, it, you can't yeah. it can't perpetually increase and. You want to talk about a competitive market. The entertainment market is an incredibly competitive uh, yeah, market. Yeah, very much so. And this article is interesting because it's in, in some ways it's, it's much ado about not a whole lot. Like if they performed like they wanted to uh, worldwide, uh, well, then America, while a large market, worldwide they did what they expected. Sure. And that's – they're doing okay. Now, uh, one thing to say at this point is I'm going to be just fine if uh, – I, I laugh about this in my mind because I'm thinking about, you know, like next next month for us at, at, at First Southern, we're going to be making our budget for the next year. And so I've been looking over numbers of what, what we've done and what we can do. And if I think about, you know, uh, the A-list actors in Hollywood and if next year, you know, Daniel Craig and Robert Downey Jr. are going, oh, I made eighty million last year, and I'm not gonna, I'm only gonna make seventy eight million next year. Boy, that's a big bummer. I kind of go, well, I think you'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, I would say the net uh, effect has to be. I mean, from a business standpoint, if they don't make what they planned this year, I don't think it's a year to double down and go. No, we're gonna expect to make more. Next year, right? People uh, all the signs year. I'm seeing, I don't think you're going to turn this thing around, uh, given your current circumstances. Um, but Hollywood will continue to be powerful. These movie production companies, uh, all the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, uh, will continue to be incredibly powerful. Uh, yeah. People who make movies are powerful people. They yeah. are the story. They are the, the the storytelling poets. They are the troubadours of this age. And their power is enormous. And the thing to say about American movies in particular is that they, they do dominate the world. Yeah. That what we export now is American culture. Right. And, and that is uh, more so, I mean, sure, you can talk about Apple. You can talk about certain tech companies that also. Yeah. Uh, but really, our culture is our main export now. And yeah. the world is buying American movies. Oh, yeah. Of all Have kinds. Have been, will be. Yeah. 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 But I, and I, I think though the the interesting factor here is is that the the we're in as they say the golden age of television because of what television is now as a medium like used to be the small screen right the sure. big screen small screen yeah, small screen yeah. was a uh, small screen you want to be a big screen sure. actor you, want, you know always small but that's changed now small screen's good small screen maybe even better and you've got these these different platforms by which you can I mean who's the one making the new Lord of the Rings content it's not Oh, uh, net netline. What's the company that that produced? Oh, Newline. Yeah. Newline. It's not Newline. It's not. It's not Disney. It's uh, Amazon. Right. They're now investing a ton of money yeah. to make a TV show, not a movie, right? But a TV series because yeah. of Game of Thrones. We were talking about yesterday. Uh, there's going to be a Narnia series on Netflix. Is going to produce a series, right? 
So, and what has Disney now done? They've doubled down not on Star Wars movies, but shows. Shows, a Mandalorian. They've got Green Lighted, yes. Mandalorian Season 2. They got uh, uh, Quig- I mean, Obi Wan Kenobi series that are supposedly green light. They've got other things that they're green lighting. It's all t- they're now double downing on TV shows as uh-huh. uh, smaller scale, less expensive. No one expects anything majorly. Uh, uh, you don't have to spend two hundred million dollars on a TV show. Um, you don't have to get amazing actors to be in a TV show. It's a TV right. show. No one's expecting that. Right. Less, less, less pressure. Less expectations. Right. And I wonder if that'll be the now double down. Like, oh, we, you know, oh yeah, we'll just have a TV show for Star Wars. So we'll maybe make a movie once every four or five years. Sure. And you know, I hadn't thought about that at all. Um, but that's a great. Point. I mean, Star Trek. It's a great. There's point. more going in the TV show. Yeah. Apparently, are there Not, three Star Trek series supposedly yeah, going to come Picard. out? Show you've got the new oh, discovery, and then yes. you have the the one about Christopher Pike and that whole that whole story, right? And that leads into Captain Kirk and all that. Right. That's there, I don't know of any movie they've gone around the Quentin Tarantino idea, but but nothing that I've heard substantial mm-hmm. in Star Wars. It seems there's these ideas going around, but TV shows seems to be the big avenue, and I think that's I think that is the the conclusion of all this is that, yeah, you may have a few movies and it'll be interesting to see what happens with wonder woman. That is the interesting one. What mm-hmm. happens with wonder woman? What happens with black widow? What happens with bond? Right. These three movies that should automatically make a bunch of money. If no one goes to that. Whew. Yes. And I mean, one thing to say about this movie in particular is that you're going to take some hits in, at any point by being the first movie to say, hey, why don't we open the movie th- yeah, yeah, sure. theaters back again? Sure. Um, it, it makes me think about how we – it seems like the conversation related to COVID, say, three, four months ago was about essential services. Is my service essential? Am I an essential worker? Is this and that? And, and it's almost as if what we're going through here is uh, we movie makers feel that movie theaters are essential. Right. We would like to pose that statement that, yeah. to you people. Right. And – American people basically said, mm, no, no uh, we disagree. Uh, yeah. And and so here they are kind of going, wow, we're really bummed about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and probably you're right, similar to me growing up. We didn't spend a bunch of money going to movie theaters. Like we saw maybe one movie once in a while, right? We right. saw whatever that movie was. Maybe it was a new Spielberg movie because right. it was Jurassic Park or something right. like that. I mean, these big tent movies that a right. bunch of people will go see. Right. We're not going to the movie theater every Friday night or every Saturday or once a month, really. Um, yeah. And I think most people in Evansville probably don't have a ton of money laying around to go to movie theaters right. every week. Or, but in, And for most people in Evansville, they're like, uh, Christopher Nolan, didn't he do the Batman movies? That's not Batman, so I'm not going to go see that. But right. probably in your bigger cities, like New York, L.A., Atlanta, some of these cities where COVID has hit the hardest and right. there's been more restrictions. Right. Well, and you know what's funny, um, I hadn't even thought about this until you're saying this. We live in, in the Midwest in a, in a small city. Uh, a lot of us have living rooms large enough to have friends over and yeah. to have a decent sized TV. Sure. If you live in a large city, you don't have a no, personal space large enough to right. have friends over much to watch. You probably don't even own a large TV probably the way not. we are accustomed to around here. And so it is just a different Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of frame of mind, uh, and and I'm sure theaters do better in large cities uh, for multiple reasons. Now that we've talked about this quite a bit, um, but it seems as if it's certainly going towards 
a more specialized experience. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying about TV uh, is a really big deal. Uh, it, it, even further, uh, I can add to your argument. I think the reason The Mandalorian makes so much sense for Star Wars is Star Wars movie, uh, let's say the Star Wars movie equation is so predictable now. All right, we're going to introduce some characters, but it's going to be fast-paced. They're going to have some trouble. Yeah. But don't worry. Not only will they make it in the end, there's going to be a huge fight. I right. mean, there's going to be a fight so big right. that you're going to be sitting there going, wow. Right. Okay, here's the problem. Most everybody I've talked to is going, I'm so tired of yeah. seeing that same thing happen Yeah. in not only the numbered Star Wars movies, but in the off-numbered Star Wars movies where they pretty much – do mostly the same thing. Right. And if they don't do it, here's right. the problem. If they don't do it, people walk out there going, well, that Rogue One, that didn't turn out the way I thought it would at all. And it's just like, yeah, but it was fine. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just are so in the mindset of, well, how a Star Wars movie has to go is like this. But it's got gotten so big yeah. that they, I mean, when I'm sitting here watching episode nine, I'm going, Here's the thing, people. This is what they have to do for us now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if you, if they don't give you exactly what you expect, then you'll walk out of there going, well, that was terrible. Yeah. And a small size, a small scale character piece like The Mandalorian. Which have you, you haven't seen, have you? I've watched half of it because I have some friends who have Disney Plus that I would go to their house. And it's, what I've seen of it? It's great. Very good. Uh, good. But it's, it is, it's a character piece. And the thing about the original Star Wars trilogy is it is a character piece. Right. Where it's it's it managed to have storytelling about characters while still being large in scale, and I would say the flaw in both episode one, two, and three, which did not have a central character even that that was the protagonist you're to follow and be like, yeah, that guy is great. Or episode seven, eight, nine, who had Ray as the protagonist, but still yet. Ray was fully developed for yeah. an episode seven. You don't see, you're not walking with her going, wow, I hope she develops and grows. Yeah. She walks around and she's just like, turns out I can just fight with a lightsaber. Not a problem. Right. I mean, everything she did is like, they, uh, and, they so. never, and they never want to do that in a TV show. And one of the great things about the Mandalorian, which I think is actually just better is that they didn't bring it out on once. You had to watch it every week. Cause That's right. a new episode every week yep. that they released, and they right. didn't release it all. That's right. What a great experience if they did that with less movies, yes. and, you know, and they just said, hey, here's the new Lord of the Ring episode. Yep. All right, next week, a new one. Oh, this is great, yeah, a and, new one. And I really believe <laughs> And every they will. week is a new thing. You yep. have to wait a whole, what, eight months, ten months for the new season. But that's okay. Right. You don't – and I think people's um, – you know, they just want to kind of journey with characters and journey with the story. You don't have to give them something big and explosive and just like I'm going to punch you in the face and you're just going to be so wild. Right. And then we're going to do it again in three years. Right. I just don't think people – that's what people want. Right. Well, this reminds me um, – when I was in seminary, one of the most formative sentences uh, – you, you learn a lot of powerful stuff. Um, I had a professor who – in talking about theology and narrative, he said, we know the world through stories. Mm-hmm. We know the world through stories. And that is that is uh, one of the most powerful summaries of the way our hearts work, the way um, all of us, no matter if you're a believer or not a believer, no matter what, we know the world through stories. We expect things to play out a certain way based on stories we've heard, based on what our heart desires. We, want, we all want a story 
where things turn out well in the end. Uh, and that's why we like movies, uh, for the most part, where things turn out well in the end, uh, in some way. And, and so that is really key in thinking through why are stories so important in our lives and why is humanity always just taken in stories in different mediums and in different modes. And it's, it's wild to be a generation who is going through differences, you know, Mm -hmm. in, uh, changing the mode in which we take in stories. And it's, it's a little more shocking if what you're saying is true, that basically TV was kind of king through the fifties and the sixties, uh, to a degree. Uh, and then, I don't know when you would call the low point of TV, but it looked, I mean, movies got huge. Yeah. Uh, you had the Bond movies, you know, like Dr. No, yes. Goldfinger, and, and you had Bond, and then you had, you know, other, you know, movies that were starting out in the 60s, and then the 70s led into, like, The Godfather, and The Godfather 2, and the 70s movies, and you had, like, um, uh, one over the cuckoo's nest, and you had, you know, all these great actors being represented sure. in the movie theaters and things like that. And then 1977, right? Star Wars. Right. Which changed movie theaters forever, right? right? right. It created this experience where you go and you see Star Wars, you see the new movie, and it's all in the movie, this big screen that takes you to this new world. Right. And it's interesting that Star Wars Mandalorian may just bring us back to TV. Maybe we needed sure. something to bring us back to small scale. We are, we had, it was just, it was, it got so big. Right. It got unmanageable. Yeah. And it needed to come back to earth again. Right. And it really seems that way. It, seems it really does. And so listen to this, because uh, this is, uh, this is to bring us back to facts and that the direction we're talking about is where the facts are pointing. Mm-hmm. This is the last. Uh, major point on uh, the paper here. If things were already looking bleak for American cinemas, the immediate future now looks catastrophic. This past weekend, the total domestic box office was less than $15 million. Uh, IndieWire estimates that sum, that sum amounts to $5,000 per theater, which isn't enough to pay for basic operating costs. And the studio's... Uh, he says, David Sims in this article says, studios grow more skittish about releasing major films. Those numbers will only dwindle. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Wonder Woman and Bond. Yes. And Black Widow. Will Disney, will, I guess, MGM, will they pull back and say, wait on, we're going to move these into the spring? Right. And just let this sit on it yep. and, and not throw it out there. Because once you throw it out there, you can't really bring it back. Right. And watch closely. You will see where they're placing their bets because already on Disney Plus, there are at least three Marvel series. There's the Scarlet Witch and the Vision series that's coming out there. There's a series with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, oh, there's another one too. And so they're already diversifying. Uh, this is what large companies do. Yeah. <laughs> they say, all right, we don't know where y'all are going, but we're going to go ahead and put things yeah, some breadcrumbs at both places. So wherever you go, don't worry. We're already there. Yeah. <laughs> and and we will see. I mean, it's I don't know. Just a, maybe it's a lot of things I say, but like if you're like Walmart or some big store with a big parking lot, do you not immediately open like drive through theaters immediately? <laughs> they are they already kind of testing that, aren't they? I have heard. Yes. If you have a big, like if you have Sam's Club or some other major store with a humongous parking lot, yeah. do you not just... Say, hey, we're going to diversify. We're going to get in the movie business. People can drive up with their cars. 
and they could – I don't know how that would work. Maybe after store hours. I'm right. not sure. Right. But it will be interesting to see because somebody will take advantage of this new opportunity. Yep. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, this has been Empires of the Future. Right. And we'll see you all in the future. All right. See you.